This is the Coach to Coach Podcast, episode number 12. Game time. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Coach to Coach Podcast, where we believe a coach can win a lot of games and transform lives on their team and in their home. I'm your host, Nate Salee, with the Northern Kentucky Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we are so excited to bring you another episode with some great content for you as a coach. We are so grateful to our donors, our volunteers, and our sponsors that make this podcast possible. We couldn't do it without them. We have an incredible support team And it's really been such a blessing to know more and more of you guys and really see this podcast community grow. I've had a lot of conversations offline about different episodes and was at a golf outing just this last weekend. And a guy mentioned to me he listened to some of the episodes. It's really encouraging that it's reaching coaches and friends of coaches as well. This week, we have a little bit different of an episode. I'm going to go solo but I'm going to bring as much value as I possibly can because I've discovered a tool that I've never seen anything like it before that will help you manage your time and multiply your time. I'll explain more, but I do know that that is one of the big needs that we all have is we wish we had more time. So let's get right in to this teaching on multiplying our time. Hey, what's up, guys? Here riding solo today. Really excited, though, to deliver something I think would be really helpful. In so many conversations we've had with coaches along the way, one of the themes, one of the topics that comes up over and over again that's a source of frustration, that's a source of annoyance, or just a sense of, hey, this is holding me back. If I had more of this, life would be so much better. I'm talking about time. We wish we had more time wish we had more time to do the things we want to do, the things we're most passionate about, the things that really are life-giving. But there's so many things vying for our time, pulling for our time, and they just have to be done that we would rather not have to spend time doing. All that said, I have this thing called the Focus Funnel. It's an incredible tool. I'm, I'm really pumped to pass along to you guys. I want to give credit where credit is due. This guy named Rory Vaden. I heard a podcast probably a little bit over a year ago uh, with this guy. He also has a TED Talk on YouTube. I can put the links in the show notes on the website to both of those. I've been stewing on this, and it's really fascinating. He talks about not just time management, but how to multiply your time, which I'll get into in just a minute. I really believe this thing called the focus funnel is going to, when implemented, can change your life in a really cool way. It'll give you more time on the family side. It'll give you more time on the coaching side. It'll give you more time uh, if you're a teacher, whatever career, uh, you will have more margin, less stress, and just just to be to have a fuller gas tank, if you will, uh, as, as you go through your life. So uh, well, let's go ahead and hop into what we have. Again, I'll also put a graphic in the show notes as well to kind of illustrate this because you're going to be listening to what I'm saying, but it's so much more powerful when you can see the graphic that this guy has put together on how this thing works. But there's four layers to this thing called the focus funnel. 
the first layer, if you have, think about the list of everything you have to do on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, on a month-to-month basis, or across the whole year, there is, it is overwhelming the amount of things that we, we have to do, uh, even just personally, just things over and over that happen. What he recommends doing is getting a sheet and, and looking through all the things that you would need to do. Let's just let's just talk about for this coming week, for example, all the things you have to do this week and say, all right, the first level is going to be to eliminate. You're going to go all the way down this funnel is going to be eliminate, automate, delegate, and then procrastinate on purpose. I'll explain all that in a second. But the first one is to eliminate. What things are you doing or am I doing, I have to ask myself, that really just aren't moving the needle. There's not really any redeeming value to it. It's not helping me get where I want to be. I'm not talking about rest. You need to have you know some time set aside. We do Saturday as a really protected day, if possible. One of the weekend days, we try to protect as much as possible to rest. So I'm not saying don't ever rest, but I'm talking about throughout your work week, are there things you're doing that you could eliminate that would free up time that you haven't even really thought about, but you're just kind of in the habit of doing, and it, it is eating up valuable, valuable time. I don't know what that is. It might be the open door during planning planning time if you're a teacher. It might be uh, just extra uh, long lunch times. You know, I, I remember working with the Lexington Legends and. There was a big difference between the people that packed their lunch and and stayed in the office and took a 30-minute-ish break than the people that went out to lunch uh, downtown somewhere, and they were gone for an hour and a half plus, and it was just kind of with other staff. It didn't really move the needle on their sales goal for that week. Um, What are some things that you could clean out? Maybe it's something, this is a tough one for me personally, uh, social media, for example. Am I hopping on my phone during times where I really could be getting some stuff done and have some focused time. There's no other distractions, but I'm choosing to open up Facebook, open up Instagram, whatever that is, and let it eat away at my time. I'm going to be thinking about that. There's even an app out there. uh, I think it's called In Moment that will track how much time you spend on social media. And it can be, man, holding up the mirror can be a little bit uh, humbling sometimes. But what are some things, that's just that's just one example, what are some things that you could just eliminate that really don't need to be done? They're not really helping you in any way. They're just kind of eating up some time and, and you're not really getting a whole lot back. You know, I remember I work with college kids a lot and one of the big topics is Netflix too. If you got, uh, there's a time and place for Netflix. For us, it's when the kids are, you know, down to bed and we're kind of just chilling and wanting to zone out for a little bit before bedtime. That's a great time to, you know, watch a show, fit some things like that in. But if you're trying to throw in some other things that are just eating up time, you got to eliminate. You got to clear the deck a little bit. So that's the first one. What are some things you can just totally eliminate and just trim off the top and free up more time? The next one is automate. Automate is anything that might take a little bit of time on the front end to set up, but it will save you so much more time over the course of the future. Quick example. If I said to you, 
All right. I think it would be a great idea if you set up online bill pay for all your bills. It's going to take at least two hours to set up online bill pay, but it, but I think it would really help you. Well, you're probably thinking, dude, I can't remember the last time I had two open hours to set up online bill pay. What are you, what are you smoking, man? I'm a coach. What are you talking about? And I would say, yes, the two hours is a massive upfront investment for something as tedious as setting up online bill pay. But if it saves you 10 minutes a month for the next however long, then you look at, okay, that's going to be within just a year. All of a sudden, a year passes, and I've saved those 10 minutes. I'm back to even, even if it took two hours, which is, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. That's a huge number. It would never take that long, most likely. Uh, But within a year, for example, you would make all that time back, and then every month after that, that's 10 minutes that you get back that you you didn't have before. And you're not just back to even, but you're multiplying your time because you took care of this way back when. So what are some things you can take some time, even if it's a high cost right now, time-wise, to set up that would automate, you know, especially admin work. I'm thinking for you guys, when you have camp registrations or some sort of other event registrations and there's all this paperwork and checks and uh, Red Book and all these, all this stuff. I know that's a deep, you know, I mean, that's a cuss word for some of you guys saying Red Book. Uh, but what would it look like to, instead of having paper registrations, to set up an online registration form? A lot of you guys work with BSN Sports, and I know you, you've seen the benefit of having the online team store and team shop for your parents and the players to go and buy their apparel, and they take care of all of that all those transactions think of other ways where you could do kind of a diy version of that for different things Uh, there's a thing called google forms that you can set up that people can fill out a form Uh, there's ways for people to to pay online and uh, it could save you a, a whole lot of headache if you learn what can you automate i know my wife uh, Caitlin uses sign up genius for if she's hosting a tournament and needs to organize volunteers she has all these different jobs she needs to kind of divvy out instead of having to try to get a you know a spreadsheet rocking and it's always calling and updating and doing all this back and forth trying to get it up what if you could just send out this this link and they can go on and and people can sign up for different spots it's just it's just a way to automate that way you can free your mental energy up and your time up so think through what in my life could be automated that's not automated it's a it's a powerful tool there's so many things out there i know you know all of our listeners there's different levels of technology comfortability that we have but there's a lot of great stuff and technology is amazing when it does work so think through how can i automate things so we've eliminated stuff that's just flat out just kind of like um you know, stuff off the top that's just stealing time from us. Now we've looked at what can we automate? What sort of tools do we have that can automate things and free up some more time? Uh, another quick example, if we're hosting an event, we just did a, a Fairfield Mile uh, race to raise camp scholarships for uh, Northern Kentucky athletes to go to our leadership camp. Thinking through some of the improvements on that, I thought about, hey, you know what? It would be cool to have a person that would hold a sign to say, hey, you go park in this parking lot. That's This is the right parking lot, holding up a sign and kind of waving or whatever. 
And then I thought a, a quote immediately came to my mind. I heard somebody say once, it said, don't give a person a job that a sign could do for them. So if there's times where you don't really want somebody to be greeted or there's not a personal touch needed and a sign could take care of this person's job, then go ahead and, and automate and just throw the sign up there. And that way you can have that volunteer, that person uh, serve in a different different capacity. That's just another way to, to automate. So we've eliminated, we've automated. Now let's talk about delegating. Now delegating can be uh, an interesting thing because if you're like me, I have control issues, I'm a control freak. If you want to do it right, do it yourself. Uh, you, you can't find good help. All these different thoughts that we can have about how hard it is to delegate and give responsibility and give tasks away to other people because you need to trust them and you're striving for excellence. You want things done a certain way, but it's hard when you're trying to work through other people. Reality is one is too small a number for greatness. For me, it's a big growth point. I continue to have to grow in this. I've learned over and over, uh, even back in my youth ministry days at, at a church, I was trying to lead a youth ministry essentially on my own. And I remember having a summer event. It was a scavenger hunt at Crestview Hills Town Center. One of the moms got engaged with it. I gave her a budget. I gave her a vision for it and let her just take off and run with it. She had a small army of volunteers recruited. She went and shook the bushes on all these different stores and had the scavenger hunt stuff. It was an absolutely amazing event, better than I could have done it. And it's because I I took the time to uh, clarify the vision and what I wanted and kind of in teaching and training and equipping a little bit then just released her and empowered her to go get after it. And we would check in here and there and kind of supervise it. But at the end of the day, uh, that event, that summer was better because I delegated something out with some, with some training and with some vision behind it. Delegating is your path. One of the other ways I've heard it said is when I look at the list of all the things I have to do, normally I go right to, how in the world am I going to get all of this done? I mean, how, how in the world can I knock all of this out? It seems super overwhelming. Let me just start thinking, okay, maybe how this, and, da, 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 and I go through it. Then I came across this one, this one video. This guy said, instead of only thinking of how can I do all of these things, start thinking who can help me do all of these things. As soon as you have an idea and you're thinking about who first instead of how I can, absolute game changer. And here's the deal. Delegating is not a dirty word or nothing to be afraid of if we take the time to teach, train, and equip people for the job that we want them to do. What's the difference between teaching, training, and equipping? Well, uh, in transformational leadership, that's something we've referenced before, it, he uses the example of an iPhone. I can teach you how to use an iPhone. I can have a PowerPoint, throw up some slides, give you a handout, and tell you everything you need to know about how to use an iPhone. That would be teaching. That's just basically knowledge transfer that's needed. But if we stop there, that's not really helping too many people. We need to go to the next layer, which is training. We actually need to give them an iPhone and have them actually tap the apps and move through and, and physically do the things we're talking about and, and walk them through how to do it. That's training when they actually have it in their hand. Then equipping 
is it wouldn't do a whole lot of help if I teach them with a PowerPoint and handouts and everything else, give them the information, I give them one, show them how to do it, but then I take them all back and, and, and put them in my bag and go home because they still don't, they don't, they're not leaving with an iPhone. So you have to make sure that, and this is true for players, this is true for events, whatever it is, like not just teaching them, but giving them hands-on training and then making sure they are equipped with all, all the tools and, and equipment and everything that they need to get the job done. And when you teach, train, and equip people, then you can release them with a whole lot of confidence, a whole lot of trust, and that is what is going to save you a bunch of time too. There's a lot of admin type stuff, a lot of different things to knock out through any sort of season. Think about not how am I going to knock all this stuff out, but start thinking who can I teach, train, and equip to take this small, manageable piece of this thing I have going on called my program and, and release them to do that with confidence. And you'll be amazed at what's possible when you can delegate at a new level. I know there's already a lot of, lot of things that are already given away. Think about what else can you give away uh, with confidence by taking the time to teach, train, and equip somebody. All right, awesome. We're almost down through the focus funnel. I hope it's been helpful so far. Uh, this last piece is really interesting when you think about um, procrastination being a dirty word too. I used to procrastinate. I'll never forget being in grad school. I had a seven-page paper due, and it was about 3 p.m., and I thankfully I was living close to campus, but I remember having a three 3.20 p.m. class, seven-page paper, and it wasn't done yet, and it wasn't printed. So I had to hammer out the conclusion. I had to hop in the car. I'm like coming in on two wheels into the parking lot, you know, screeching tires, getting into the library, going to get the thing printed, and I got to get it stapled and the cover sheet and all this junk. And I was freaking out trying to get in those last 20 minutes. My blood pressure, I probably lost a few months, a few months of life just from the stress of that, of that 20 minutes. And, I'll, and it's all because I put something off to the very, very last minute. Some of you guys embrace that and love that. For me, it's not a smart thing to do. Procrastination is almost always a dirty word in, in, our, in our society. This guy says, after you've eliminated, after you've automated things, after you've delegated everything you you can, and he, he puts, if it's something that only you can do, then that's something that for sure cannot be delegated. But if there's anything else that isn't something that only you can do, then that's worth looking at how can we delegate that. And the final piece is to procrastinate on purpose and to procrastinate on purpose. So if you have all of your things, you've put them down the funnel, you've eliminated, you've automated, you've delegated, then there's going to be some things left over and some things are going to be important, but not urgent. Something that, yes, this for sure needs to be done. This is an important thing. I don't want to lose sight of this, but it's not really a, a high priority because I don't need this to happen for another three or four weeks. Like this can be pushed back a little bit. He would suggest go ahead and just pick a specific day and time when you're going to knock that out. So while you're not doing it right then, you're procrastinating, but you have a purpose behind it. You're going to intentionally set it aside at a different time slot later in your week or day or month or whatever to knock that out. That way you're not losing sight of some important things that don't have to be done today but you can also uh, yeah, 
focus on what's most important and most urgent. That's the, that's the combination that we want to spend the most of our time. What's most important and what's most urgent. And that is where we're knocking the big stuff out. And this is what we signed up for. Uh, we're, we're training kids. We're developing. We're meeting with other coaches. We're, we're able to talk about bigger picture things and grow and develop the program into a better, more thriving culture because we have all these things already in place and everything else is moving. Going through this funnel and unlocking more time and multiplying your time will give you more room to improve your team. And that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to win more ball games and we want to change more lives. And how do we not get bogged down by all the admin stuff? Well, we really have to get a handle on it. And this is how you do it. And then you'll be freed up to, oh, man, I'm not like freaking out stressed right now. I actually have room to think about, man, what could we do next year during this tournament or event or what could we do during the off season for this or how could we better utilize this or what are some areas we can improve on or what other tools we can go research some other things you can go into continuous improvement mode instead of survival mode which i spend too much time in myself i'm, I'm talking to myself just as much as i am sharing with you about all this I really hope this has been helpful. I knew I threw a lot at you. Uh, go to nkyfca.org slash podcast, and we'll have the notes and the links and the graphic there. Uh, but one final time, I hope this is a blessing to your family. I hope it's a blessing to your team and your program. And then just personally in general, that you would be able to have more time by using this tool to do the things you're most passionate about and the things that you really want to do uh, in life anyway so the one final time last four things you, you go through the focus funnel by eliminating by automating by delegating and by procrastinating on purpose by doing that you're going to save time you're going to multiply your time and you're going to have a better team a better life better family love you guys thank you so much for for listening i hope uh, it's been helpful to you. Uh, thank you so much to those who have been sharing on social media and getting the word out. And we will see you next time on the Coach to Coach podcast. Blessings. Bye. Don't forget to check out nkyfca.org slash podcast to see all of the notes and the links, and you can see the entire TED Talk video by Rory Vaden at nkyfca.org slash podcast. Go ahead and hit subscribe too, because you do not want to miss the next episode we have coming your way. We're going to interview Jeff Duke, the author of the book 3D Coach and the founder of three-dimensional coaching, something that we talk about a lot. He is a former assistant coach of Bobby Bowden, the legend football coach from Florida State. He has some great, great stuff. You do not want to miss it. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you'll get a notification when any new episode comes out. Until next time, keep growing, keep learning, and keep changing lives on your team and in your home.